This episode is dedicated to John. I will carry your DVDs with me wherever I go. You cannot play God, then wash your hands of the things that you've created. Sooner or later, the day comes when you can't hide from the things that you've done anymore. Welcome back to another week of Beers, Beats and Battlestar Galactica, where we, your co-hosts, Kaylee and Lisa, take you through the sci-fi original series, Battlestar Galactica. We're well into season four now. I mean, we're not. It's only really the third episode, but according to Ronald D. Moore, it's the fifth. So it's exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited. It was... You're excited. It was a weird, sad journey, but, you know, it was what it was. Oh, this episode was a weird, sad journey? Yeah, or you meant just my introduction. (laughs) Both? (laughs) Why not both? Why not both? So uh, this week we are talking about season four, episode three, The Ties That Bind. That's tie spelled the regular way and not the Colonel tie way. I was really upset because I thought it might have been spelled the tie way. You know that they love a good tie pun. I know. It's so good. It's such a good name to fuck with. (laughs) Uh, This one was written by Michael Taylor of Razor and Unfinished Business. Uh, Celebrity here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Directed by Michael Nankin, who we've encountered a few times in the last couple of seasons. Uh, Yes. And we are drinking. Two things. We started with this one. So let's start with this one. Uh, We're drinking Birds of a Feather from Lamplighter Brewing Co. Now, Kaylee chose this because of Birds of a Feather. But when I saw it, I thought that she got it because it was Lamplighter because Tyrrell was gaslighting Kaylee. Callie? Kaylee? Both. He gaslighted them both. I feel very gaslit. Yes. Uh, And it's from, what did I say? Cambridge, Massachusetts? That sounds right. And I can say that word, which I feel like if we threw back, I had a lot of trouble with that word on a previous podcast. And now I can say it because I live in America. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. And uh, we have another IPA today, um, which I've seen this can uh, like a hundred times. And I was like, I don't know if I'll ever find a use for this. It is Wrench IPA dedicated to our girl, Callie, who doesn't go down without a fight. Yeah. It's a good. wrench will come later in the episode. It was Callie in the. Uh, oh yeah, I know what it's Battle Star with it's a, so with the wrench. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, this is from Industrial Arts Brewing Company. It's a Northeast IPA. It's also they are open. from. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the reminder, uh, Garnerville, New York, and I have no idea where that is. Interesting. Yep, but I can't wait to give it a try. Great, and we do have backup beers, but we'll introduce that later. If it comes if to it that. If it comes to a backup beer situation. We are only covering one episode this time, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Want to get into our beat by beat? Oh, I do. Sorry. Was I supposed to say that? No, I got really distracted. I, didn't, uh, I just, I didn't know if we were still bantering. Oh, yeah. Let's get into the beat by beat. Cool. Uh, so we open with uh, a Cavill resurrecting and he just dives right out of that tub. Yeah, he really does. Like an awkward little like baby fawn being born. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's not quite as sexy it's not as, as graceful. some of the others. <laughs> That's kind of how I describe Cavill as a Cylon. In general. Yeah. Uh, and Boomer is there to uh, welcome him back. Put towels world. on him and make out with him, which is still a little it's, creepy. It's so weird because they have this like whole conversation about the centurions and that the sixes are doing, they call it ethnic cleansing, which is a really strong term. 
Uh, Indeed the, the, it is. The fleet split down the middle and Cavill makes this comment about like, that's the last time I'll ever trust democracy. And Boomer's just like, oh, baby, that really did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck democracy. Let's make out. It's really, that's just, it's a weird, it's weird. It's a weird exchange. The whole thing of it is weird. Yeah, it's super weird. Uh, Salons are weird. We knew that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Callie is trying to sleep. I love the crazy Callie going insane music. Mm. It's like a super trippy like soundtrack. Some good work by Bear McCreary in this episode. Yeah, for sure. I like it a lot. Um, So to talk a little bit about Ronald D. Moore in his podcast in this episode, uh, it was like, I think he really regrets making this whole Callie thing an A plot. Um, So he sort of like mixed things around quite a lot from what it was originally going to be. And this was one of them. So that scene, that deleted scene. So there's a deleted scene where Tyrrell's like killing Callie, which is like obviously not a thing that's happening. Remember we watched it? I do, yeah. And um, and that was originally like him in his mind doing the same thing that like Ty did last week when he like shot Adama. And they were originally going to start it like that and then they decided not to, which I am grateful for. And then it kind of went more into like Callie's POV of the whole journey. But yeah, it's kind of a weird story. He didn't want to, he didn't want this to be an A plot. Like he wanted to put I think lesser he focus on it. putting it as an A plot. What? He thinks like, it wasn't meaty enough for an A plot. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He's like, I, I don't know if I agree with the creator of the show. I think if you sent, you're Cal- wrong, I think Ronald if you D. sent Moore, Callie wrong. out on a B plot, I would be pretty mad about it. Yeah, that's fair. I just think, Girl I deserves think some he, air wanted, time. he wanted to have it as an A plot. But then he just felt like when it came together, it didn't really hold up that well. Interesting. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's the strongest episode of this show ever made. No, um, it's not terrible. But I I was appreciative that they gave her a lot of screen time before they fracking killed her. Mm. Well, mm. the other thing is, you told me that she wanted to leave, but um, Ronald D. Moore said that they called her. And uh, that they, I, she was happy to leave. I read and... I I tried to do more research today, and um, as it turns out, the internet is not great for facts, only for what? speculation. Oh my goodness! So I had heard that Nikki Klein uh, chose to leave Battlestar Galactica, um, chose to break her contract uh, because she wanted to get more involved with the Nexium cult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember where I read it and I don't have proof of that. And well, Ronald D. Moore definitely indicated in his podcast that like they were, they were worried to call her again, like same thing, be like, Oh, we're going to kill your character. But apparently she was like chill about it. So I think it was maybe a thing like he was like, Oh, she was really gracious and lovely. And it's like, well, probably it suited her too. So, okay. All right, but so they were the, very. The sad feeling to let was her go. mutual, yeah. but uh, the story I heard was incorrect. Yes, the um, internet. I've heard a lot of stories about Nikki Klein from the internet uh, and her involvement in Nexium over the past few weeks, mm. and she hasn't commented on anything, and there's very little proof of anything. Except um, that she's married to Allison Mack. She is for sure married to Allison Mack. Uh, it seemed like actual evidence from the actual trial suggests that Nikki Klein was part of the like extra super secret group that got branded. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I don't know this, the current state of her involvement and nobody knows. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, 
it's very interesting that this is all happening around this time when we're so focused on Callie. And the very realistic depiction of motherhood. Indeed. This <laughs> montage is brutal. Um, I do think it was extremely intentional that the first shot of Callie we see kind of sleeping and there's this um, mobile of mm. lights that's like stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's that's also the last shot of Callie that mm. we see is Callie floating in space surrounded by stars. I yep. think that was a super intentional a uh, bit of like foreshadowing kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's funny that they have stars and moons because I, I think I said this when we watched it. I was just like, don't they see enough stars? It's not enough. Just open the fracking window. I don't know how many windows there are on the, on the battle star, but sure. <laughs> I shrugged. Anyway. Yeah. This, um, I don't know how people do it, man. Like this scene brought me flashbacks of just when my ex and I got a dog and I felt like she wasn't home enough to take care of the dog. Uh, I can't imagine how people go through this with a whole ass child. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not a mother, but I am an elder sibling of many. Mm. Um, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Seems um, moments. But seems like a, an, a more honest depiction of, motherhood than we sometimes like we we get so much of like the joys of motherhood Mm -hmm. and storytelling and um this is she's just miserable Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that happens too Mm. (laughs) anyway uh she is really frustrated and she ends up going through tyrell's pockets and finds a joe's bar branded napkin what a reveal what a reveal he goes to the one bar that oh, is on just the one Galactica. It's really good that they're spending so much time on advertising, though. Yes, it is good because you come to want the, the competition. only bar, <laughs> Joe's Bar. We're the only one. <laughs> you can see the ads right now. Oh, that's another T-shirt. I think that I want to have. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, Tori and Tyrell are uh, having a little late night ambrosia, which. Um, Tori didn't used to like, but she has a taste for it now. Why is she suddenly really horny for everybody? Mm, it kind know. of annoys me. Because, like, if they were all doing it, sure. But, like, it's just her. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I do think it's interesting that she's like, my body is a completely different body than I thought it was. Mm. Uh, and now I'm going to start seeing my body in a new way. Yeah, I think later on there's like um they they call when I don't know when they're talking when Callie's in the wall later on they say um Cylon nymphomania. Yeah, I wrote that down too. It's and like it, weird. that upsets me way more than like Tori's character choices in this episode are not great. Um but I absolutely hate it. It's Ty like kind of slut shaming her later. Mm. Um yeah, and I, for what? Because yeah. she slept with Baltar, which you essentially asked her to do for sure. Uh, um, I think. Um, I think what Ronald D. Moore said about Tori and her unexplained sexuality stuff. He's like, "Oh yeah, I think we we're going somewhere with her," and then um, it wasn't well explained. And that's kind of what he said. He's like, "Yeah, it's one of those things." We were like, "Yeah, go in this direction," and then it didn't. We didn't do anything with it. 
Okay. So I don't think it was her choice as an actress. I think that they were like doing something with that. And then yeah, it's definitely oh. like written into the script, but it's not, I, w- I do agree that it's not well developed mm. and it's just like, Oh, make the woman be sexy. And it, it does strike me that like most of the Cylons, female Cylons are like very sexual, but I have not really seen the men be sexual at all. I mean, aside from Leoben in Starbucks dream, Right. And like maybe Cavill watching Boomer Dogs naked. Yeah. Uh, but they're not really, the male Cylons aren't really very sexualized at all. Yeah, there is something about power with the Cylons and how the, the female Cylons kind of use their sexuality uh, in a way that I think get, it gets them shit. But I mean, Anders <laughs> is sexy. Simon is sexy. That's it. That's all the sexy Cylons. Although I did Leoben. Simon's not on screen enough to for us to know anything about his Maybe sex life. Maybe he is sexy. We don't know. But then that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's no, that's a bigger problem. Yeah. Um, if it's just the black Cylon, it's like, oh, wait, what? You're sexualizing the black character. That's that's hmm. that's so original. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just weird. I just noticed it. Like, we've never seen any of the other male silence behaving this way yeah like in a va- in a vacuum i don't hate the choice for tori i think it is really interesting that you're like whoa i thought i had a human body and as it turns out my body is a different thing <laughs> i get that you would be like what can this weird body that i didn't know i had do let me test it out yeah but um in the in the world of the show it is a note that they keep playing over mm, and over mm. yeah all right so um they do have this little conversation where she's like, oh, I'm feeling really open to change. And Tyrrell says, I don't do well with change. Yeah. Which seems honest. Yeah. Uh, God, I was watching the mini-sode. So I've, just been, I've started rewatching the old episodes. So that's going to sprinkle in here now. Um, gosh, Cheryl looks so much younger and more attractive back in the day. <laughs> you get flashes of him in this episode too. He's like... Oh, right. Yeah, they're early on. Yeah. I mean, he's still... I don't, he's, he doesn't float my boat. But nor nor mine. Mm. But um, I still hold that he's a great actor. Just this character doesn't do it for me. Mm. And anyway, so uh, Callie rolls up in the bar with the baby who seems like is crying very loudly. And I don't think there are a lot of babies on Galactica. And I feel like Tyrrell should notice. Yeah, you should sure. hear that. I, I had that in my notes too. I was like, why does he not hear the child? Um, child? But she walks in right as uh, Tori is reaching out and fondling Tyrrell's elbow. Real sexy move. Super sexy move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she goes to freak out and then she kind of like collapses. And throws up. Does and throws throw up? up. I think so. Mm. She's just, she's having a real rough time. Uh, yeah. And Tyrrell rushes over to her and Tori just does not give a fuck. No. Nope. She's just like continues to look at her drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not phased by this. Uh, and then we're at the credits. And we haven't lost anybody, I don't think, since last episode. Good, we'll skip it. Yeah. Um, can I say something about this opening scene? Tell us about it. It was originally the closing scene of the episode. And so it was supposed to, like... This is the one with Adama reading to Rosalind. Yes. So it was supposed to be like, oh, they fight, but then they tenderly come together. And Ronald D. Moore just kind of thought that was really boring. Uh, and he thought that it was much more interesting to move it to the front of the episode to kind of show that kind of love and intimacy early on. And then um, as the episode, like, they kind of go straight from there to, like, 
being in the press room and they're like totally different people and they have this like private life. So interesting. Yeah. Also, I like the choice. Yeah. It's a good choice. And I, it actually means a lot more like the second time you watch it with what he's reading about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what you're asking. Do you? Cause I am asking a question. Can I get Edward James almost reading me bedtime stories every day? Oh yeah. I mean, that's a given that that's a question exactly and I so i look i have a nerdier question okay well i'll tell you first yes you can well i mean kind of so <gasps> ronald uh so edward james almost did an audiobook of a of a story called carry me like water but as far as i can tell it's only on tape so i don't know how to get it wow. he also features i would get a cassette player just for that me too we've got to find it so if anybody knows how to get this let us know also, he's on a like an acted out version of World War Z, which actually. Oh, wait, I heard about this. And, it's wild um, because Nathan Fillion's on it as well. Yeah. I'll read it out. I actually saved the photo so I could read it out because I thought I saw it. and I was like, oh, my God, I, have I to knew get this. that they did that. And someone recommended it to me, but I did not know that Edward James almost was part of it. Well, he's not even on the thing. It's like new narrators include Academy Award winning director Martin Scorsese, Spider-Man star Alfred Molina, The Walking Dead creator Frank Darabont, rapper Common, Firefly star Nathan Fillion, Shaun of the Dead, Simon Pegg, and the members of the cast of Star Trek Battlestar Galactic heroes and more wow um, so that's pretty cool uh and i am gonna listen to that yeah i bet that's on audible or whatever it is on audible nice. um sponsor us uh it's on audible <laughs> so i'm gonna have to get that one i'm sure they heard you oh yeah yeah i mean they're just clamoring to sponsor this podcast my extremely nerdy question which is not gonna have as exciting of an answer uh is wondering if they knew they were making the Caprica series by this time because there's something about this book that I feel like really describes the direction they were kind of going uh, with the Caprica series and it's set in Caprica City. Interesting. Have I just we thought it could be an interesting nod. I can watch Caprica yet. I like I. Th- I think you probably could, but I feel like it will be more enjoyable if you finish. finish. Actually, I would. I am gonna back that up and say I think that you should wait. Okay. Yeah. I mean, waiting's what I do. <laughs> Two years on, you're doing so good. Uh, I thought about reading this quote, and there's just no way I'm gonna do it the justice that Edward James almost does. So you know what? Do yourself a favor and just go watch the episode. So Apollo is uh, accepting his quorum appointment in front of a whole crowd of press. Because what a day. (laughs) My father, some of you may know. know. Um, Can I ask, I have a question. Yes, Lisa. Thank you. Uh, What is going on here? Isn't the quorum a democracy-nominated thing, and how did he just get appointed? Because I thought, wasn't the quorum, didn't people vote for the quorum members? One would think, because in a system that is, if not democratic, at least masquerading as democracy, that there would be elections. Yeah, but like we didn't hear anything about that. Is it because they lost a quorum delegate and had to find an immediate replacement, and then there will be an election later? Because that that happened with Roslyn. Yeah, but I don't know. They don't. They definitely don't 
map that out. They didn't even say it. They're just, just like, oh. Just somehow Zarek's in charge of that. Yeah. So that was all very confusing to me because they're like, oh, you have to represent your constituents. And I'm like, what constituents? He didn't. There was no vote. It's also fascinating to me. And I think they have addressed this before, but it's fascinating to me that they're still operating as if there are 12 colonies to be represented. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so Ronald D. Moore talked a little bit about the politics here. Um, he said he used to talk to Jamie Bamber and one of the other cast who's British about it all the time because like he was trying to pull, he really likes the House of Commons in the UK mm. um, just because of the way they debate each other and like, you know, have this like two sides. And I think he was really trying to emulate that with this, like having the two sides and people kind of like having to stand to talk and stuff. But in that system, which is very similar to the Australian system, you would, if someone passes away, generally you would have like a weird like mid-election just for that particular electorate. So you'd vote again. Right. Um, I think that's what's happened in the past. Um, I think possibly uh, it's just because he's Lee Adama and he wanted to be in the government. Yeah. And, and like, then everyone oh, was like, sure. Yeah, that seems yeah sounds right. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Somebody is there with a film camera taking pictures. So we we have some kind of answer about how pictures keep getting developed in the space apocalypse. Yeah. Great. That's very important. It's super, super important to document these moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nepotism. <laughs> so they, um, they ask Rosalind about like her feelings about Lee's appointment to the quorum. And she's really like just hella diplomatic mm-hmm. about it. Classic Rosalind. Classic, classy. What a gal. Uh, but you can, I think you can tell like, through her smiles, like, I'm taking the high road right now, but fuck this guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. <sighs> the press is also somehow extremely well informed about the Demetrius situation. Yeah. Like, weird how that is. What about the rumor that Kara Thrace is on the Demetrius? Doing how do they, I mean, it's a small fleet. I'm sure. It's a small fleet. Around. I'm sure other people in the military know, and I'm sure people in the military are not always quiet. Mm hmm. Anywho, in Rosalind's office, it looks like, and I might have read it wrong because it's kind of blurry in the background, but it looks like the survivor count is like a couple thousand less than what it is in the credits. Interesting. Yeah. So I want to go back and see what that's about or if it's been called out as a blooper or anything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she and Adama have a little chat that kind of ends with Rosalind really disapproving of this Starbucks mission. Mm. Doesn't believe that she deserves a chance or that it's worth all of the mess that they're now in because of it. Says the woman who followed her crazy drug trip to do crazy things. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah cool. I love that consistency. <laughs> I still love her. And also, she's still horrible. Oh, yeah. I still love her. Yeah. Like, and Mary McDonald's amazing. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, it's fracked. Yes, not a good leadership policy, but somehow a good leader. Mm. So it's been 22 days on the Demetrius. Seems like everybody's kind of got a little bit of cabin fever. Mm. Hey, hi, I have a question. Yes. Uh, where's Hira? Good question. <laughs> they're like, I oh, didn't even. Hilo and Athena, we'll just put them both on the Demetrius. And, that and they're like, seem like a place for a child. And I didn't see her. I don't think she's with them. And I don't think they would leave her. 
Like, oh, we'll just trust that the humans will take really good care of our half Cylon baby. We don't have any trust issues about that at all. Like, what? It's such a weird choice. Like, I get that they put Hilo on there, like, last minute, and maybe their thought was, like, oh, well, if Hilo's there, then I guess Athena would go with Hilo. But then, and, and like, Ronald Dean Moore kind of talked through the whole process of, like, putting people on this ship. Yeah, what do you have to say? He didn't even mention it. We got some it. major fucking players on this ship, and it doesn't make sense that they would have sent all of them. He didn't mention. He was you just need like, Gata. You need Gata on Galactica. Yeah, 100%. So he didn't really mention much. He was just like, oh, I just think it's a really cool team, and it, it took the story in a cool direction, but he didn't mention anything anything about Hera. And, and Hilo like, is your go-to replacement for anyone who ever steps down from anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that what he thought was really interesting about putting Hilo in there, um, obviously the network requested it, but he liked having Hilo there because Hilo is like the number two and he's the kind of guy who's just like going to stand by Starbuck and he's friends with Starbuck, right? And so I think he liked the position that put Hilo in because like he's a very well-liked person but like and very loyal and so it was just like he thought that was an interesting thing. But yeah, well, the drama just, of it works. I get that. But, but where's Hero? Just, like, where's the child? Logistically, it doesn't yeah. make any fracking sense. Anyway, so that was my question. Good, good question. No answer. Uh, Starbuck here. I just, I wrote kind of all as one word. Maps, charts, pencils, protractors, head sweat. Yes. That is what happens in this little montage. I like that she was using... A compass. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while since yeah. I used one of those. Uh, also, you might notice the little Aurora is in this scene. Yeah, because originally that deleted scene where she got it given to her by Lee, and that that hadn't been like cut out yet by the time they filmed this. So and it's now like, she just has it mysteriously. Well, yeah, they tried to remove it out, but it kind of didn't work. It was like in the background, but yeah, that's a little little, I guess, not blooper, but kind of interesting. Hmm. Uh, yeah, everyone on this ship is very sweaty and it seems like it is gr- like they've done a good job making you feel like you're on a sewage refinement ship or yeah. whatever it is. It feels gross. Mm. Um, Celix has one of my favorite all time uses of the word frack. Uh, they're talking about a star cluster and she goes star cluster more like cluster fuck or <laughs> I messed it up. More like cluster frack. It's great either way. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And if we go through our two beers, we have some leftover super cluster ale. Mm-hmm. And just in honor of that one perfect line. Also, I think cluster frack is a great call sign. It is. So if anybody still needs a call sign and wants to pop on over to Patreon, throw us a little money. Maybe it could be cluster frack your, could be um, yours. Your friend's cluster, uh, cluster frack could be your friend's call sign. To whom this episode is dedicated. Oh, maybe. I feel like that's not. I feel like that's not the one I'd choose for him. Well, we can think of one. Yeah. Through I the like episode, that. I like thinking of one. Yeah. All right. Great. So they have this like that. All the people on the Demetrius are talking very loudly about what a bad job Starbucks is doing, and she's just very obviously like pacing above them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they care what Starbucks thinks. I don't think they do at all. Uh, but it's just, it's interesting the way they play the scene. It's like really heavy handed that she has become this like crazy loner leader who is above everyone, quite literally. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she, um, 
don't know if it's here or later, but she has like a conversation with Hilo, like through the mm. the the gaps in the walkway, mm-hmm. uh, where you don't even really see her face. She's mm. just like calling down orders. You know, she's referred to herself as God before, so mm-hmm. yeah. So Tyrrell is trying to convince Callie that uh, he's not having an affair, and while that is true. It's still super gaslighty. Yes. It's like, if you're not going to offer up the other explanation, you can't just be like, everything's fine, nothing's wrong, I'm acting normally. Or lamp lighty, if you will. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's awful. Uh, Callie has every right to be angrier than she is. Um, the poor kid just doesn't stop crying through the whole episode, and I'm really grateful to not ever have to watch this episode again just because that gives me a lot of anxiety. Yeah, it's pretty sad. It's a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of crying. And they did they did a great job casting a kid who looks miserable all the time. Oh yeah, that kid. Poor kid looks miserable. very unhappy. Yeah, uh, which is what they were going for. But wow, he's a great great kid acting. I had that in my notes. So I was he, like, yeah. well done you for sure. Great kid acting. <laughs> uh, he's allergic to algae, which is one of their only food sources at the moment. I think she even thinks though he's allergic. She thinks he is, uh, even though. Some cult leaders get fresh apples. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's I don't know what else that kid episode. is eating. Uh, so the centurions are um, cleaning up the blood. Oh, yeah. This is so good. Ship. And Ronald D. Moore is like, this is one of my absolute favorite things. He's like, <laughs> laugh out loud about it. Like, he cracked up, like, on the podcast. He's like, isn't this hilarious? They're just, like, cleaning. And he, then he started going through the process of how they had to film it with, like, just these, like, green sticks, like, with a rag cleaning. And then he wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. Um, but, yeah, it's That's pretty amazing. funny. It's pretty good. And also when Cavill comes in, he, he like, has a line where he still points out that there's very much a power differentiation. Still. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, I noticed none of you are helping clean. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're still subservient you just have to say please now before you ask them to do a job which i do like i do like the please beat but yes. yeah it's very true it's a very good point from cavill but yeah it's just very funny apparently um they were gonna do a lot more with the centurions uh they were going to have them all in the background kind of like mimicking the skin jobs movements like seeing them kind of like humanize a little bit but then it was just too much. Like it was too um too many things going on. And he didn't he's like, I really wanted to develop the centurions a bit more, but we can't do everything. That that's true. Um, but that would have been a lot of fun to watch. It I is wonder a great if it scene. exists because he said that they did it, but it never but it wasn't in the deleted scenes either. So mm, yeah. What I wouldn't <laughs> give for the lost footage of Battlestar. <laughs> be fascinating uh cavill's being way too cooperative it's really obvious Mm -hmm. that he's playing them in some way uh i think i was sitting next to you saying this the whole episode i'm sure yeah i was making lots of predictions in real time and i always like it when kaylee's there because um then i then she knows that i was right i like the wrench ipa it's good Mm -hmm. okay i haven't had any yet but i'll wait uh, so they, the Cavils, I guess the, uh, whoever's on Cavils team, they agree to stop lobotomizing the Raiders. They agree to unbox Deanna, Yay! which doesn't happen in this episode, but we'll see what be, happens. It'd be pretty silly if they dropped that and then didn't do it. I mean, yeah. 
also you've seen her on the I've seen DVD her on the DVD box. DVD box. <laughs> She's already been unboxed for me, if you will. Hey <laughs> Uh we both commented the last time that the Centurions are much shinier than they've They're ever very been. Very shiny. They they wiped the walls down. I guess they wiped themselves down. I think they did, yeah. Gave themselves a coat of paint or something. Uh, they were like, I want to be beautiful. If I'm shiny, everybody gonna <laughs> shine. I did not know that song, but oh, I like it's it. Lizzo. You oh. gotta know Lizzo. I know of Lizzo, but I couldn't quote her music. Do you know who dropped an album this week, which is I've been listening to on repeat? No. Tyler, the creator. It's really good. I go. It's so good. I really like it. Everybody listen to it. It's I'll great. check it out, but also listen to Lizzo. I, I, I should listen to more Lizzo. I'm just, it's always so happy and I'm never in the mood. Fair. <laughs> it's just like. That's fair. I like depressing music. <laughs> like I, I listen to. Lizzo you know, wants you to feel good about yourself. No, I don't know. I never even handle that kind of love in my life. That's why I'm a cat person. <laughs> if I wanted love in my life, I'd get a dog. I mean, I don't have a cat either, but I probably. You got a lot of plants. Yeah, I got a lot of plants. They give me exactly the amount of attention that I need, which is none. <laughs> I just have to trust that they love me. That's what I grew up with. So you just, just have me to give you attention. <laughs> it's fine. Great. Great. Mm. Uh, you know who else needs a lot of attention? Both of the white men in this scene. Yes, they do. We got Tom Zarek. We got Lee Adama. Adama and Adama. Together at last. If you will. I love it. I, I've written Zarek in capital letters because I'm so oh, happy. Oh, I did it too. That he is like getting a yeah, lot no, more No, I time. actually, I love Tom Zarek. He's great. Yeah. And RIP Richard Hatch. He was yeah. great. Yeah. But um, I do love, <laughs> I think it's like Apollo's line. He's like, sometimes a benevolent tyrant is what you need. I'm like, is it ever? Yeah. But the follow-up line is even more interesting, I think, mm. where Zarek is like, no, a ty- I wrote it down. A tyrant craves power for their own sake. Um, which I think is him saying she's worse than a tyrant because she doesn't just like predictably want power. Mm. She thinks she's a savior mm. and that's worse. And yeah, she's yeah. going to go all Daenerys Targaryen and believe that she is the only answer to humanity's survival at any cost. Game of Thrones reference. Hey. Love it. Don't understand it, but sure. Yep. That's Daenerys is the blonde That was one, for right? our listeners and not for you. Uh, all right. So yeah, this is, um, it is a really fun scene. I haven't even seen the original Battlestar, but I do understand what a fun treat this is to have Apollo on Apollo. Um, oh my goodness. I just, I just in my head pictured an Apollo on Apollo porno. It's very inappropriate, but that's where my mind goes when I think of that. I wonder, oh, if they should have created that, that would have been great. Should they have? I don't know. (laughs) Why not? Um, if I can think it, it should exist, you know? Yeah, that's definitely the way the world should work. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. My imagination is crazy active. I have weird, weird That sounds like we'd dreams. wake up to that like scene in The Good Place when it's like raining garbage and flying shrimp and stuff. That would be it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so they have a conversation about um, Rosalind and how she's not one to forgive and forget and lee is kind of like well she forgave you she made you vice president and like we all know from not only from this show from every political show particularly veep 
we know that vice president is the most powerless position in My politics. God, the West Wing 120% taught me that. Right? Oh, goodness. So um, this scene ends with Sarek leaving um, Apollo a classified document. Like, he's just so playing dramatic. Apollo so hard. So, and Apollo is the easiest person in the fleet to play. So easy. Yeah. It's Which, so honestly, good. that makes more sense than any other reason he was nominated for, for sure. the quorum. Is that Zarek was like, oh, this fucking guy will do anything I tell him. <laughs> No, no, you don't even have to tell him. You just have to, like, you just have to know. You have to make him think he thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like classic. How you deal with most men. <laughs> this is exactly how I deal with men usually. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, amazing. Great. Let's do that. I would never have thought of that. <laughs> You're so smart. No, you know, listeners, yeah. this is what we, <laughs> this is what we go through. Yeah. So, uh, Callie is in Cuddles hospital wing whatever um Cottles, like i just love how he's just like he should have his head examined bring him in but then he also is like also though i mean you are on antidepressants and not sleeping so that you could also be you know having a psychotic breakdown which like he's not wrong because she could be but like i also just think how he flippantly mentions he's like i mean what do i know he could also be just like going insane super paranoid and yeah crazy which like He's not wrong. Also, in capitals, I've written this all in capitals. Thank you for finally acknowledging your fracked relationship, Callie. If she could leave us with nothing else, it is this. It's so good. That she is like, hey, want to know something crazy? <laughs> I married a guy after he almost beat me to death. Da, 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 da. Oh, isn't that funny? Huh? What a wacky uh-huh. anecdote. Isn't that How did you two weird? meet? <laughs> so yeah that's a thing yeah i'm i'm very glad that, that made it into this episode because for a long time it just seemed like they were kind of playing their beginning storyline as just romantic and yep. nice no and it was not it was abusive and weird yes completely i'm so glad she acknowledged it so yes. that was like a very good moment for and me. the e- even more somehow heartbreaking line is when she's like i wish he would hit me so i'd know he felt something it's terrible like i honestly can't decide if it's a line that breaks my heart for the character or if it's a line that pisses me off from the writers <laughs> like i feel like oh women just wish that men would show some emotion and if that emotion is expressed through violence and at least it's something i don't know yeah, I don't nah. know how I feel about it. I don't deal with that with my relationships. Uh, uh-uh, uh, uh. This is like, this is like, you know, when you're young and you think that that's love, and you're like, oh my god, they're so jealous. It means they love me, and now I'm like, oh my god, they're so jealous. They're Run. super insecure. Run away. I will be having absolutely none of this. Uh, so yeah, and she's pretty young. She is, and she has been like just the picture of innocence and naivete throughout yes. all this except for when she bit that guy's ear off oh yeah remember that remember that i feel like this is the last time we get to remind you yes about how callie bit a guy's ear off and we will never forget and now we've got another beautiful moment later in this episode to remember callie for too heck yeah mm-hmm. i mean what's that we're drinking That's a little bit of ipa a little bit of wrench ipa uh so we've got this 
this dripping red that I think you're supposed to think is blood, and it turns out to be red I rolled paint my eyes. Because where the fuck did she, she brought get all her art supplies onto the Demetrius? Honestly, it seems like something Starbuck would do. She would bring like no clean underwear and like ten <laughs> gallons of paint. She's she's such an artist. Oh my god, she's such a creative. Look how messy and and chaotic she is. Um, also like when did like i i didn't understand because anders like bashes his hand against the painting and nothing happens and i'm like that's wet paint <laughs> did that not just yeah it's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that aren't checking out here yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. one thing that uh i was checking out hey is starbucks saying all i want to do is frack i want to frack you until the world ends or whatever she says i don't know it's all i wrote is it's a good scene it is it is a good scene. I just want that audio. Even though she, all of the whole scene is just her being an absolute monster to Sam. Like she's just so over the top, callous and ridiculous. And the thing about Sam, he's the only one I feel like who's ever been able to just let Starbuck rant and not take it so personally that it bruises his ego and he can't be around her. Like he That's just because he's a Cylon. Well, I guess so. <laughs> Men like that don't An exist. Feeling silent. No, it's. I just always have felt like he understands that her horrible lashing out, which is like, if the gender roles were flipped here, it would be brutal to watch this scene. And because she's a woman, I feel like we let her just completely verbally abuse her spouse. Um, it's just because it's Starbucks. We let her do it's anything. Just it's Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's brutal, the things that she says to him. And he just waits, he just waits it out until she's like, want a frack? And he's just like, yes, please. Yep. And then she just does his whole monologue and she's like, I think I'm crazy. And he just looks at her like, you crazy. Like yeah. <laughs> you're fucking crazy. But they do have some real good sex in between. They do. Mm. A moment right. of silence for that. Uh, <laughs> she's it. She's having like some really major like disassociation from her body. Kind of mm. is what she's talking about. Like, I, like I feel like my body is this thing that I'm still connected to, but I don't know. Mm. It's it's a it's an interesting monologue there. Yeah, uh, and then it kind of the camera pans up to um, the painting above her, and it's also meaningful. Yeah, I noticed that too. Very subtle. Yeah, Super, very subtle always ideas. always subtlety with this show. Mm. Uh, we have another scene, speaking of subtle, where Cavill is just like, yes, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, you guys. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry we fought. <laughs> unity. <laughs> I the just most want important unity. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. He does make a comment about, like, we got to cut this out or we might run out of spare bodies. And I wonder if that's, like, actually a possibility. Like yeah. how many silence have to die before you don't have enough bodies to replace them? Or is it just like a backlog then? Like somehow you have to wait a while. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. It's curious. Uh, and he's real quick to agree that all of the silence who agree with each other should stay on their own ships. Again, he made it sound like it was Natalie's idea. This is how you manipulate people, everybody. Yep. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, good thing. Yeah, no, I wouldn't feel comfortable here either. So that makes sense. That works. Yes, I, would, I wouldn't have thought of that, but you're right. <laughs> uh, and then we've got another scene 
with the we've got a scene with the quorum the whole the full quorum and they are really on about this demetrius thing yeah i just want to say because i don't know if it's here but i'm gonna just put it in here anyway <laughs> i can't remember it's this scene or the next silent scene but ronald t moore does an ape has killed ape <laughs> impression on the podcast and he's like for those real nerds out there you'll know otherwise you can look it up i'm not a real nerd oh planet of the apes is it the original i think so don't they not talk in the original uh no they do talk and the humans don't talk that's the whole like the whole thing yeah 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 (laughs) uh anyway so it was just like funny because he just went on this whole little thing and start he was really weird this podcast like he was doing a lot of impressions and that was one of them and i thought it was really funny and um was he drinking a lot of scotch he well i think actually you're right because he (laughs) recorded it right after he recorded the last podcast that'll do it and he was drinking woodford reserve and like right at the beginning he's like oh i should have got more ice like we must have just moved on to straight whiskey and so by the end he was just like having a lot of fun what a delight um but yeah if anybody i don't know the podcasts aren't online um but they are on the dvd but um the ape must be real team war just going Ape must kill ape, and he really likes puts out a voice. It's so good. See, true nerds make good nerd art. Yeah, I don't trust anybody who's like, I'm not a nerd, but I want to make a nerd show. No, thank you. No, who wants to listen to a non-nerd? Ew. Yeah, that's gross. (laughs) I went on a date with somebody once, and I was like, "What are you nerdy about?" And she was like, "Nothing really." It's like, oh, I'm just gonna leave now. So um, they're kind of all bickering, and uh, Liadama takes this opportunity to stand up and uh, try to throw the president a little bone, try to give everyone the benefit of his expertise. Kaylee, he's not throwing her a bone. He's a junior, and he's speaking for her. And she shuts him down so hard. It's great. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. Uh, I like... Actually, I love them at odds way better than I ever liked when Roslyn was just like obsessed with him and always wanted him to do everything. Yeah, it's way more fun. Way and more having fun. just watched the first, the miniseries again, the miniseries, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and then, so she shuts him down and he's like, President yelled at me, so I'm going to expose her classified documents. <laughs> <laughs> he waits to do it. He's not doing it to be noble. He's doing it because the president yelled at him. Mm-hmm. Um... And it's something about the judicial system and blah, blah, blah. But she's like, yeah, actually, uh, that's a plan that's in the works. It wasn't quite ready to roll out yet, but I guess we'll talk about it next time we meet. Yeah, but I call bullshit. She was definitely trying to concentrate the power, but sure. Oh, for sure. Like, absolutely for sure. But she deals Um, with it like a champion. She's very deft in her handling of it. So meanwhile, the Cylons make a little jump. All the ships jump. Except for one. Except for one, one little resurrection ship. ship. I feel like... Rough. It's so rough. I don't like... They need some kind of better... I guess they never thought Cylon would turn on Cylon. I guess they never thought Ape would kill Ape. No. It's uh, it's a lot. I'm really excited for the next episode, actually, to see how they play that whole yeah. thing out. So uh, they're like, the resurrection ship didn't jump. Cavill ships are breaking formation. They took out our FTL. Yeah. They're doing murder. They're doing murder. Like really real murder. Yeah. Like not just fun playtime murder like before. (laughs) Fun playtime murder. 
So even Boomer has a problem with this. She's like, no, we're actually killing them. Like, we're <laughs> killing all of my sisters. Uh, I don't know if making out with you is worth all of this <laughs> genocide. <laughs> How good do you have to be in bed to kill all her sisters, do you think? There's no way. On a scale of... Wait... On a scale from Billy to Geis Balter, how good do you have to be in bed? Do you think Geis Balter is just like the the apex of who's good in bed? I think Because if I had to choose right now, I'm choosing Sam. Or Starbuck. Well, yeah. No, but I wanted to just, I mean. It's I'm choosing really, Sam and Starbuck. It's really at James the same Callis time. that I'm talking about. Did I mention on the last podcast that James Callis wrote back to me for my birthday? I think I tweeted it. I can't remember, but it's worth mentioning again. I mean. He was what like, delight. he was like, oh, whoops. I was like, oh my God, I know that took like two seconds of your life, but thank you. He is, I, I like him for being engaging with his fans. He's, he's pretty generous good. with that. And it's really sweet. Like, why wouldn't you be? Right? It's fun. Especially when you're famous for playing a character like Guys Baltar. For sure. Precious. Uh, so, um, Cavill does make this comment that's like, oh yeah, the atheist thing. He's like, they're God, we'll save them. He's like, we're not. But yeah, that she's like, well, what about our souls? And he's like, we're machines. Remember, we don't have <laughs> souls. This is like my whole family's religion. No, 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 no. You die. You go on the ground and you die. And we're like, but what about God? That would be nice. And they're like, no, no, no. That's bullshit. <laughs> what? You want to believe in Santa too? Come on. <laughs> You're just going to die. All right. We're all going to die. My family just didn't talk about any of it. Okay. Well, anyway. So... I don't know how you read the scene. To me, this scene seemed like Callie was thinking about killing herself with pills. She's like going around collecting different amounts of pills from the room. And then she goes and shuts the door kind of dramatically and sits down with the... She's like going to go sit down with the pills. And then she sees the note and abandons whatever she was going to do with the pills. I don't know if I necessarily read it like that. I know You think she was just going to take them and to feel better? I don't know. Like take a reasonable amount of pills. And yeah. Not all of them. I guess I wasn't really thinking about it. And then actually in the podcast it was interesting. Ronald D. Moore was like, yeah, we really didn't tell the story well enough. And so in post-production or like when they were editing it, they had to like make a really conscious effort to make it seem Cause they were like, we had to bring her within one episode from being like a mother who like cares about her child to like being at the point where she would, like throw herself and a baby out the airlock and he was like it was really hard to do and honestly like we could have done it better and so they really like in the editing process really amped up the drug part of it because mm. they wanted to demonstrate that she like wasn't in her right mind and that she'd like kind of lost it a little bit um because otherwise how could they bring her to that point but he actually said he was like it's it's lazy storytelling basically i'm glad he owned up to that because he's, yeah he's like good at doing that actually like uh, he will always he'll always say it yeah but yeah the thing you can do is um I, again i'm gonna just give a quick little shout out to our game of thrones watchers uh a, a fun thing you can do is like establish a character arc over one or multiple seasons of a show uh instead of just deciding in one episode that you're gonna have a character do something that normally would be really out of line for that character oh honey have you seen Battlestar Galactica though <laughs> I'm just I'm just concerned oh uh, who's gonna be a Cylon let's pick some <laughs> names out of a hat 
<laughs> Again, I say there are like huge benefits and huge drawbacks to the way that they created this show. Sometimes oh, yeah. it brings out the most amazing things that they never would have come up with mm. had everything been decided ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's kind of trash. Yeah. Yep. But this is I like, say that with love. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that like this show is amazing for so many reasons. And like I love that the actors were like able to be like collaboratively a part of the process and all of this stuff. But yeah. Yeah. But so she does find this note, this ridiculous note that's just like propped in the kind of like in a little nook near the door that's like, here's where we're meeting at this time for our super secret meeting. They are meeting at 1701D, which is an in-joke because that is the number of the USS Enterprise in Star Trek, which Ronald D. Moore worked on. And it wasn't... And it wasn't actually Ronald D. Moore who made the joke. It was the writers who were like, oh, my God, this is so funny. Remember when he worked on Star Trek Enterprise? We're going to make it the same number as like, I think it's Star Trek The Next Generation. I do. I That's the kind. That's the perfect kind of nod, I think, because it's something that no one would ever pick up on or think they were missing anything if you didn't recognize that number. Well, I didn't recognize it because I, I haven't seen Star Trek. But he mentioned that it was an in-joke on the podcast and then I looked it up and it was that. Um, it's like in that episode, there's an episode of South Park where Cartman gets put, um, uh, in jail and his jail number is 24601. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, South Park loves some lemurs. They do. <laughs> I was just like, yes, that's for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so many Like South their Park musical watches. is three quarters a lemurs homage. Or it is the movie, right? Yeah. The bigger, better, whatever. Bigger, I haven't seen uncut. it since I was like. Very young. It's been a while for me too. too. I remember enjoying to watch it. South Park, uh-huh. probably. All right. So uh, Callie goes and does a spy. And she does a spy. She real tiny. Uh, she can fit in the walls of the ship. I Ronald D. Moore did not like this plot until it happened, and then he was like, "Oh, this is fine. Nice." He's like, "I like it. It's good." Yeah, I feel like sometimes they don't have confidence when things are on the page that actually end up being filmed really well. Mm. He's he's made comments like that before. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I think it works. Um, it doesn't look like, you know how vents in movies are always just like seemingly much too large mm-hmm. so they can fit whole bodies in them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem too large. It seems reasonable. It seems like it would be. And then they were like, that's how the ship is. And he's like, is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, apparently that's how the ship always was. Whatever. Sure. Uh, yeah. And this is where we get the line about another Cylon nymphomaniac, which like, do they know that much about six? I don't think so. I don't know. It's bullshit. Is anyone who sleeps with Gaius Baltar a nymphomaniac? Is that what's implied here? I don't know. Anyway. I mean, not Gaius, of course. I do not like that line. I no. do not like Cylon slut shaming. Um... But Colonel Ty does have this amazing line where he's just like, yeah, the last thing we need is for your wife who hates Cylons to find out that there's a bunch of Cylons on board and that you are one of them, (laughs) Chief Tyrrell. That's pretty much exactly how that line goes. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. And then I love that Callie's like, how there is no way that she could beat Ty out. Like she runs back through just as he's like, I'm tired of this and walks to the door. Like there's no way that she beats him. Yeah. It seems like they should have, they should have indicated that Ty wasn't leaving the room quite yet. 
Yeah. Because uh, it would take her a long time to shuffle out of there. It took her a while to shuffle in. Yeah. But she does shuffle out just in time to like escape, but not in enough time to replace the panel mm. in the wall mm. that both of the uh, oblivious men just stroll right by. And um, Tori, who's left to do the hard labor of closing the door. <laughs> Fucking nympho. That's a nympho job. Uh, she does notice it and puts it together pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Callie is freaking losing it. Not that I blame her. No. Uh, she's really panicking here. And um, Tyrell comes in and actually do like what they do with the camera here. It's one of those scenes that should play out with two characters not facing each other while they're talking. Mm. Where I feel like they've done that before when it's been really awkward. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, and they is... have him in the background, like really blurry and out of focus. That was that was very big, like Callie's point of view. Yes, like they wanted to show that he was like kind of so far away that she couldn't even hear him. Although, because obviously we always watch one run through with subtitles. It's so funny that he's like, we should have more kids. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. No, that's what I was like. Good Lord. Even if she didn't know you were a Cylon, it's like, read the room. The time to that's not what she wants. Building a family. One. You can't even handle one. <laughs> my guy. Oh, my God. Like, I'm really sorry that we're fighting and our marriage is falling apart. But what if we just had another baby? What if we just doubled the responsibility that you have while I continue to do nothing? Yes. That's the perfect solution. Fucking hell. And then, cheers, queer. She knocks him out with a wrench. She does. One more shout out to our delicious wrench IPA. Absolutely, Wrench IPA. Cheers. Also, Kelly bit a guy's ear off. I had it in my notes at that point because I wanted to just... Kelly bit a guy's ear off. Ooh, that's going to be in the musical. Um, like, also, she shot Boomer. Yes. That was also a thing. That's less... It's, like, less celebratory and more nuanced. Yeah. It was just more fun when a guy tried to attack her and she bit his ear off. That was just one of my favorite moments in Battlestar Galactica and will definitely be featured in the musical. Don't you worry. Oh, absolutely. That deserves a song. Oh, what song is it going to be? Oh, I have so much to think about. Yes. Plans, plans will be made. So many plans. <laughs> uh, she takes his key, which I didn't catch on the first watch. Um, oh, I did. You were distracted, I think. We were talking. I was trying to hold for the siren. Oh. <laughs> it's mostly gone now. I just feel like people expect it. It's Brooklyn. I mean, it's not as bad as Manhattan. There. It would be like every five minutes. People with horns. People be needing ambulances in Manhattan. I mean, what? What is this? A city of nine million people with like five streets? <laughs> <laughs> Why do we live here? <laughs> <laughs> Says you. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, I, she does take his key, which indicates like she is definitely has a plan to go somewhere where she needs the deck crew chief's key Mm -hmm. and yeah so she goes to the airlock and she's gonna lock herself in and blow herself out of the ship with the child with baby nikki which is a very 
male thing to do traditionally if you look at mm. like if you look at a lot of like domestic violence cases when it ends up like one of the partners committing suicide it's quite common i think for men to like take the kids with him that's interesting because you hear the stories the sensational stories that you hear are usually that's because people women never think it would be mothers right so it's it, way it more becomes common. a huge scandal yeah it does happen uh I think that's correct. I just learned a term for that and I'm not going to think of it now, but there's a term for when you hear about one thing a lot, but it's actually not the thing that happens most often. Like a lot of things that we hear about in the exactly. news that don't happen that often. Yes. That we're like irrationally scared of when it probably will never affect us. Exactly. Like, I am much more likely to walk out into the street now and get hit by a car but, like, most people are overwhelmingly scared of terrorism. Same as people are more scared of plane accidents than car accidents. Because you hear about a plane crash in the news and you don't hear a lot of about a lot of car crashes because yeah. it's not exciting. Yeah. Um, so one thing that uh, Ronald D. Moore was like, oh, people, like, would be like, why didn't Kelly just pick up the phone and be like, hey these people are Cylons before she went and killed herself. But <laughs> again, comes down to this whole idea that she's kind of out of her mind and doesn't know what to do. So yeah, yeah he called that out as well. That's my point. Okay. It's, it's good that he is admitting to the plot holes in mm-hmm. a podcast about the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> and then we too are honoring him by also admitting plot holes. Yes. That we're we're honoring this show by taking a strong critical lens to it. Yes, because it's a great show. It's a great show, and it deserves to be looked at in all its good and bad. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, Tori rolls up before Callie gets like the doors closed, and she steps in, and Callie says frack like nine times in this scene which is a a lot of fun um tori is very robotic in her delivery yes i noticed that and it seemed like an interesting choice interesting choice i think if i had to put my take on it she was so cold and unfeeling at the beginning of this episode that maybe she's still kind of playing with whatever that is and she's trying to do empathy like she's trying to fake empathy and is not doing a good job at it i don't know it's weird it's definitely like you've been but i guess maybe we haven't seen her engaging that much since she knew she was a cylon yeah and also we've never seen a lot of emotion from tori in general like crying a little while fucking guys baltar is not showing a lot of i don't think it's showing honest vulnerability or emotion like Mm. she's she's been a pretty cold character throughout just because she hasn't had that much to do except like organize Rosalind's shit Mm, true anyway it was a good choice yeah yeah she's like she seems a little alien here Mm -hmm. yeah especially when she looks at her hands she has really big hands hmm anyway I like that quality in a woman Mm mm-hmm I knew you were gonna say that (laughs) you know what they say about women with big hands they have long fingers. <laughs> You're fracking welcome. I made that up, but I'm sure I'm not the first person to say it. I like it. I Thanks. think you've, you've been watching a lot of Bell Ward, and I think it's doing you good. <laughs> uh, so she kind of tries to explain what's happening to Callie very rationally, which it doesn't seem like Callie's in a place to accept rational 
arguments. No, I think we we established. Yeah, that. we're pretty well past that. Uh, baby's just like screaming, crying, which doesn't actually check out because in the shot the baby has a pacifier in, um, and could not be emitting a full throated wail. Mm. But you know, it's a baby actor. I get that you have to make allowances. Yeah. Uh, and Tori, I mean, like, I mean. God. <laughs> good talent is hard to find these right. days i mean these infants today they what are you like two years old <laughs> god uh tori convinces her to like not kill the baby and um gets close enough to where she like kelly halfway hands her the baby and she halfway just grabs the baby mm-hmm. and then like, the- doesn't hesitate sends her flying it's amazing because it's like the first time we're really seeing her like cylon strength as well yeah which mm. like we haven't seen any of them do anything that seems super strong well i mean one thing that ronald d moore pointed out in the podcast is when tyrell bangs his hand on the table and the baby starts crying. It's like they made that sound a little louder to like demonstrate his like new understanding of his strength. It's like Slayer strength. Yes. But do you think that they had it before? I mean, Tyrrell did a pretty bang up job on Callie before. Wow. That wasn't meant to come out as a pun, but it kind of did. Uh, but I mean, like he's obviously not not strong. I mean, yeah. Maybe there's never been anything like I mean Anders was like a famous, a famous pyramid player. Pyramid. He was a famous (laughs) pyramid player, (laughs) and I mean, is that not just because he's super strong? Could be. That could be why he excelled at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do think it's interesting that Tori's the one who's been the most vocal about like I'm exploring my body Mm -hmm. and perhaps in ways that aren't just sexual. yeah like she could be the one who's like oh i never realized i was this strong Mm. uh obviously we're just speculating that and they did absolutely no work demonstrating that for us it seems it seems almost too extreme how far she sends kelly flying but it's very interesting Mm. uh and then she sure does shut those doors and airlock her send her floating right out into space Mm mm-hmm Amidst the stars. It's a lot. And she's not Princess Leia. She's not coming back. No. Wait, have you seen that Star Wars movie? I've seen all the Star Wars movies. You know the one? And it was right after Carrie Fisher died, so people thought she was going to die. But then she, like, comes back in. Yeah. Yeah. So, she dead. She dead. I don't um, think she's coming back. I don't know. R.I.P. Kelly. R.I.P. And I kind of like the ending shot where it's just, we don't need dialogue here but it's just like one quick little glimpse but there of was dialogue chief sitting down with adama yeah there was dialogue. was it necessary no they took well, there it you out go. yeah they took it out and um ronald d moore was like it was the right choice it was the perfect ending but yeah the original ending was going to be adama reading to Rosalind. but i think this is oh much more yeah effective. no i meant like was there a dish- was there some sort of scene yeah, yeah. where there Adama was and Tyrrell spoke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There was. Got there it. was. But no, I like it it's like a moment of actual subtlety on yeah. this show that we don't often get. Yeah. Like it's not necessary for yeah. us. Like we saw what happened. For sure. Um, and no one else saw what happened. Mm. Curious. Cool. Yeah. I'm ready to watch the next one. Let's talk about counts. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, so Cylons, um, we've got... Ty, Tyrell, Tori, and Sam. Also baby Nikki. 
for a half. Uh, and and no We don't know where the fuck <laughs> she is. <laughs> Hope she's doing okay. Uh, and then uh, in the Cylon world, we see a lot of sixes and Sharons and Cavils, and I don't think anyone else. Is there anyone else? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Not according to this show. No Simons today. No Simons. A uh, heck of a lot of fracks in this episode. We've got uh, one from Tyrrell, one from Sam, six from Starbuck, two from Celix, and 11 from Callie. Going out with a fracking bang. What does that add up to? Hold on. Can you math? 21 fracks. Amazing. So many fracks. It's great. I love I love fracks. I'm, I'm like Starbuck. I want to frack until the world ends. Yeah. Cluster frack. Cluster frack. Um, thanks for listening. Hey, thanks. I have a little plug. Um, so as I think I've mentioned, I am now like moving my career into working into a media company, which is very exciting. Uh, and so we actually have podcasts and you should listen to them. Uh, the first one that we have released, um, and it's already out there, there's like five, maybe six, probably by the time this goes out, there'll be like seven or eight episodes. Um, and it's called Narratively Out Loud. Uh, and it's just like out loud versions of our stories that we post twice a week. It's like long form journalism stories. So they're pretty good. Um, there was a really cool one about um, a woman who became a secret romance writer, <laughs> um, which I really like. I think it's like episode three or two or something. Nice. It would be amazing if you would go and check them out. I have absolutely nothing to do with the production, but have definitely been working a lot with the business side of it. So it's very cool. Yeah. Mm. And while you're at it, if for some reason you haven't subscribed or rated and reviewed our little podcast, yeah, you, should you can do go ahead and do that too. That'd be nice. Uh, if you want to claim your call sign, you can throw a little money at us at oh, yeah. Patreon. You can have Clusterfrack. No, Clusterfrack is up for grabs, and I think it's the best one. Me too. I, I like. I'm already Showboat, and I love Showboat, and I'm owning Showboat. But part of me is like, man, Clusterfrack would be so great. I mean, you can have two. I feel like I have been given many. I don't know Fair. any of them. But are. like, I also I want to hold it for someone really special. Okay. All right. We'll think on that. Yeah. Um, find us on Twitter. We're occasionally funny. Just occasionally. <laughs> uh, and we will see you next week for the next episode, which Woo-hoo. we're going to watch now. Bye. Bye. If I'm shining, everybody gonna shine. Yeah, I was born like this, don't even gotta try. Yeah, you know. I like shot and make it better over time. Yeah, you know. Just say I'm not the baddest bitch you like. <laughs> it ain't my fault.